Amen. Good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. Amen. Man, we've been here since 9 o'clock praying and praying for the services. And Amen. That God, I want to invite you to be able to, I want to invite you to, uh, anyone that wants to be here at 9 o'clock on Sundays, we pray and we just cover this whole church in prayer. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all believe in prayer this morning? Amen. Of course, every Christian is going to raise their hand on that. Amen. Amen. That prayer, listen, God, sometimes God wants us to, Pray, and God just laid on my heart the last few weeks that God wants Pleasant Hill to be a praying church, amen? amen. To see God move and to see Him work, and not just in, in here, but in your life and in the family's lives, that God will move and that He'll work and He'll become real. Sometimes I, I need God to be more than just a story in the book, amen? I need Him to be real in my life and see Him working in my life and around our life. And so, that's my goal today is to preach on prayer. I, I hadn't preached a long time on prayer, but prayer is so important that it, prayer is the one thing that seems to get away from us. In our, in, out of all of our spiritual disciplines that we have and things that we do for the Lord, prayer is the first thing that kind of crawls off the table on us, amen? It's the first thing that fades in our lives, and, and believe me, the devil knows this morning that if we if don't have a praying church and a praying family... That uh, there's not, God's power is not going to show up, amen, and be real. And so, y'all remember and keep Mevlin in your prayers. She still has shingles and still in pain. I, I was just kidding with her last week when I told her me and, I, I said, I guess me and Hunter got on your last nerve. And so I think we did. Give her the shingles. And so y'all pray for her this morning. She's been running fever and she's at home. And, and just lift her up in your prayer that God will heal her this week, amen. She wants to get back up and get going. She's not as loud as me, but she likes to be here. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I'm going to read a verse out of Jeremiah. <clears throat> How God here in Jeremiah chapter 33 is inviting Jeremiah to, Jeremiah to prayer. And he's not just inviting him to a prayer that's in the bulletin. Now, everybody has your bulletin out there. Some of y'all probably been, done read the church bulletin. On the back there's prayer requests. That comes from St. Joe Hospital in different ways. He's not talking about reading a bulletin in this prayer. Jeremiah, Jeremiah at this time is in prison. And so he's in prison. He's in a dungeon. It's cold. And so he, he calls out to God. God invites him to call out. Do you know that God invites you to call out to him today? I'm not talking about whisper. Sometimes uh, there's been a few times in my life that I've called out to God. I'm not talking about whispering or most time we pray, the person next to us can't even hear us. Amen? This is not that type of prayer today that Jeremiah is doing to the Lord. He's in prison. God's people's in judgment. And, and he calls out. God gives an invitation. Call out to me, Jeremiah. You're having trouble. Things aren't going just right in your life. Things are happening. Call out to me. Don't call your friend first. Don't tell your boss. Don't tell another family member. Call to me first. Well, wouldn't you imagine you just see, that'll, that'll be answered prayer right there, just calling to God first, amen? Look what he says in verse 1 of chapter 33. He says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. And then the Lord tells Jeremiah, Call to me. And I will answer you and show you great 
and mighty things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time in your house. And and Lord, help us make this a house of prayer. Lord, help each one of us in our prayer lives that it would would be more than just a, a bulletin request or something that's wrote down. But Lord, teach us to call out to you daily. Because, Lord, that's what brings your manifest glory, your presence in our lives and see you show up and work, Lord. It comes through prayer. And, Lord, help us to be prayer warriors for you. Heavenly Father, we just love you today. Have your way in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. When God comes to my church, and God, when God comes to church, He comes through prayer. Uh, I can remember back early on, in, my, in, in preaching about 17 years ago when I first started preaching. Uh, just, just became a pastor of a church down below Malvern and, and hadn't been there two or three months and churches was calling and I was getting to do a lot of revivals. I think the first year that the church that I took a church in March, I was already doing revivals before I took a church. And so as I became their pastor, I did three or four revivals just in, in through the summer there and, and got to meet... <clears throat> got to meet a lot of different people and there was one man that I got to meet even when I was at this this man that I met was at Alamo when I was anybody know where Alamo's at it's way up there they get Monday night football on Thursday night up there it's a long ways long ways up but I remember I met a man when I was preaching revival that one year I had 13 revivals through the summer from spring all the way into the fall and and I come across a man called Donald Witt at one of my revivals, it was one I was doing over by Magic Springs, and he came up to me after services and was talking to me, and he put his arm around me. He said, "Brother George," he said, "You got to preach on that secret place. You got to preach on that secret place." I'm thinking, "Who is this guy? Tell me about the secret place and all." There he is. There's a picture of Brother Donald right there. He was almost ninety when he passed away just a few years ago. I I was able to be able to preach at his funeral and and, and speak some things. I learned more about seeking God. In prayer than any seminary could ever teach from that man right there. I mean, he showed me what it really meant to go after God. Not just to just to preach, but to really to get on your knees and pray and seek God. Really see Him show up. I, I'd been taught prayer all my life and, and, and prayed in Sunday school and prayed in church. But man, when I come around... Have you ever been around somebody that when you leave them, you want more of what they got? I mean, they've been around Christ so much, and you say, man, I want to have what that person's got in Jesus Christ. And every time, I, the, when I first run into Mr. Witt, I, you know, being a Baptist boy as I was, and, and, and he said, Brother George, God, I, just, I just want to tell you this. God's going to use you to be a preacher and in ministry, but you're going to have to seek Him. And I thought, well, I am seeking Him every day. He said, no, I'm talking about go after Him. I'm not talking about just a Sunday morning service. You're going to have to get on your knees and cry out to God. You're going to have to get on your knees and ask God to give you wisdom and strength and go to that secret place. Go to that place that's a refuge. And, and, and as, I, as time went on that summer, I remember he said, tomorrow night we're coming back to revival. He said, Brother George, I want to pray for you before you preach. I said, okay, that's, that's no problem. Man, I was ready to preach when that man got through praying for me. Amen. I mean, he, I got in there and he said, let's, I said, I, actually I drove by and picked him up at his house because I watched him on the way home that night. He was in his 80s and he run up on about four curbs on Albert Pike getting out of town. I said, 
I said, Brother Witt, I'll come by and pick you up tomorrow night and take you to revival because I won't even make it home in one piece. Amen? You can see them glasses he had on and late at night on our pike, he was tearing them curves up, boy, them shoulders. And so I went and got him and on the way, and I remember this one thing he said. As we was going, he said, God's going to show up and move in a great way. So there's going to be some people saved tonight. He said, God's really going to come on you. You're going to preach. But he said, George, he said, I was, went home last night praying for you. And he said, I was seeking God in his secret place, as he called it again. He said, God's going to use you to preach the gospel. God's going to use you in a mighty way. If you will just let him have control of your preaching and your life. And I thought, he does have control of my life. I, I'm doing revivals now. What? How else? No, not until you truly allow God to be your mouthpiece and take, seek Him every day. Go after Him every day as David, after a man after God's own heart. He said, don't play church. <laughs> he said, don't play preacher. Go after God and He'll use you in a mighty way. And we got back here in that back room and he went to praying. Guys, he prayed. He wasn't... He, 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 his prayers sound like a sermon. I mean, he went to praying and he, he just... It sounded like he was... He's preaching to me. He's pumping me up before I ever got there and got ready to preach. I mean, he was excited. He was just praying and calling out to God. And I said, God, I want a heart like that. I want a heart that will go after you, that, that'll seek after you more than just more than just come to church on Sunday. But Lord, we got people that has problems. We got people around us today. We got families that need healing. We got families that need spiritual and emotional healing. We got families that need to be restored. We got marriages and relationships that need to be mended. And listen, just one sermon won't do that, guys. <laughs> it's going to take a praying people to see God heal. That's why the Bible says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and what? Pray. It didn't say if they'll humble themselves and preach. If they'll humble themselves and sing. Listen, the, the engines behind this church is prayer. I could care less if we do a lot more ministry. We cannot do a lots of ministry and leave out prayer in this church. Amen? All we're doing is working for God, but we're not actually seeing God work through us. And so that's why I want to challenge, I'm going to challenge the church. If you want another pastor, get one that won't challenge you. Amen? But we need to be a praying church. You say, well, Brother George, I just can't get up here at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. No, but you make it at 7 to your job. Everybody move your head and move around. I didn't get a lot of response out of that. I knew I wouldn't. But that's all right. We want to, if you truly want to see God show up and move in your life, it's not going to be just coming to church at 11 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, it's not even going to be about coming to a men or Bible study, but it's are we on our knees seeking after, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know about. Amen? Amen? There's things in your life this morning that you haven't got a clue about that God has set aside for you that He wants you to have. They're called hidden things. Can you put that verse back up, Michelle? Jeremiah 33, 3. Look what it says. Call unto me. How many of y'all ever called somebody? <laughs> Man, I, my dad's a pretty good caller. You get in trouble, you'll hear him call. Amen? I remember messing up. He'd say, George William! 
That's always a middle. When, I, when William was called, George come running. Amen? You know, if mama come outside and says, George! But boy, when daddy come out and I could, I could be around the house and I knew he was getting in trouble or something when we was growing up. How many, how many of y'all ever, man, how many of your kids ever get in a rock fight? Man, me and my brother, I was the one that played athletics. But I helped his arm tremendously because I would run and he was steadily throwing. When we was growing up as kids living out there in the country, we'd throw, he'd grab anything and throw at me that he could grab a hold of and pick up. He would throw it. And I remember getting in trouble one day. And, and, and man, I, you know, like most kids, I, I run, boy, I run off behind the shop out there. And I heard mom say, George! That's mom, we can hide from her. I'm not saying a word. I'm standing right behind this building. I'm not about to answer her one bit. George! I didn't do nothing. I stood there with my eyes closed when I ain't moving. But then about the time a voice came out and said, George William! I'm coming, Dad! And boy, here I would go. I mean, in just a split second, I was there. And if you look at... at, 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 at listen, young kids don't have no problems calling out. There's a little one back here in the back. While we were singing, she had no problem calling out. Did y'all hear? Ah! No problem. When a baby's hungry, it has no problem calling out for a bottle. It can't say I'm hungry, but it'll squall and you know exactly what's wrong. Amen? I mean, they, they have no problem during service. When a, when, a kid's lost, when a child's lost, they have no problem calling out. But why is it today we have a hard time calling out to, to the Lord when we need Him? We have a hard time calling out. We would rather call our friends and say, Hey, I, you won't believe what I'm going through right now. Boy, child, girl, you don't know. You don't know what He's like. Don't tell me y'all women don't do that. I got one at home with shingles and I can talk about her today. I've heard her, amen. And so the first person we go to and we call out to is usually a friend or, or someone like that or tell someone on the job when, when God says, listen, he's telling Jeremiah, you're in prison, you're down and out. There, there's nothing you can do. Call unto me. If you want this situation to change, call unto me. And sometimes I think that's what God looks at us and says, do you want to change? Quit whining, quit whispering about what your life is about. Call unto me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty and hidden things in your life that you don't even know about. Listen, the world economy can't fix what I need to fix on you, God says. The church can't help what I need to do. I need to do some changes and some tweaking in your heart. I need to show you some hidden things. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared in the heart of man. We do not fathom. Listen guys, if we could imagine what God has laid out for us, blessings and, 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 and all of this that He has laid for us, we would be on our knees 24-7 calling out to Him. If we could just get a peek. Of God saying, listen, you won't believe what you let go, the blessings, the unopened gifts that I've piled up in heaven that are waiting on you. All we have to do is call out. And I don't know about y'all, but I want our church to get deeper in prayer. 
We can expect God to do no more than what our prayer lives are like. Oh, I want God. How many of y'all want God to keep moving in this church? Keep adding people, changing lives. We're going to have to call unto Him. It was a great thing this morning to look around and see people spread out all of the church praying over every row. Well, I can't come up there and pray over a row, Brother George. I'm embarrassed. That's the problem with us Baptists sometimes. We're afraid to get out of our box and just give it all to God. I could care less whether it's embarrassed or not. There may be someone, church, someone in here this morning that came that needed Jesus Christ. One of these days, Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And we had people spread out all over the sanctuary praying. Well, I've never brought up laying hands on stuff and praying. And we just, we kind of did a bulletin prayer, you know, a cover prayer. That's fine to pray, say, Lord, bless this building. But it's another thing to get out and step out by faith and pray for each row. Each row. You know why I don't like cover prayers? Because it makes us lazy. Lord, pray for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. Amen. Bless us. Let's go, let's go, let's go eat. Amen. God is great, God is good. Let's take food. Amen. Here's another prayer we do. Now let me down sleep, pray the Lord's going to keep. Amen. And we wonder why God's not moving in our lives. We have no intimate time with Him. Believe me. If all I did on Sunday was put my arm around Mevlin and hold her hand in front of y'all <laughs> and didn't touch her during the week, I would be having shingles. Amen? <laughs> and see, that's the way God is. He don't want weekend visitation. He wants habitation. He wants to be with us all the time. That's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.13, pray without Ceasing. Do y'all know what that means to pray without? I don't mean you're going around your job and you got your Bible, excuse me, your Bible in your hand, going, "Oh, Heavenly Father, pray for my boss. He just don't treat me right. Oh Lord, I want you to just knock him out in the name of Jesus." <laughs> it doesn't mean you go around praying during the school halls, kids. Lord, pray for our school. Pray, that, oh Lord, keep the satanic forces away from me today. Lord, peer pressure, keep me, Lord, in the name of. It doesn't mean, that's fine if you want to do that, but praying without ceasing is always keeping a God-minded lifestyle. You can pray driving down the road to the work every morning. You can. You can pray in the shower. You know when I pray a lot? Mowing. I told my class that somebody had to be in my class. Man, I'll mow that grass. Don't have to be an inch tall. I'm gonna mow that dude again so I can get a message. I'll mow it. I keep it. If you come on my place, it's bare. I mean, it's just. I got a John Deere tractor and I put it like on notch number one. I mean, I just keep her buzzed. Man, I come in from mowing last week. Mevlin said, "George, are you mowing again? Give it a chance. Give it a chance." But I love all the more. But listen, showers and in our cars and, and, and all of them prayers are fine. But don't let that be your main time with Jesus Christ. 
If that's all we do is pray going to work, we're not spending much time. We've got to get alone and get away and get a secret place between me and Jesus Christ to pray so I can call. There's sometimes I need to call out to Him. Sometimes little whispering prayers, Vicky, don't do the job. God sometimes wants to know, George, how passionate are you about your family? You say, well, you know, we don't have to... God was passionate enough to send His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and me. I believe He wants us to be passionate enough about our children where they're at in their spiritual wall. How am I leading them? What influence do I have on them? In this church, what influence does our leaders have on this church? Is it taking us forward? Or are we no different than anybody else? And I don't know about y'all, I don't want our church to be like every other church down the road. Not just a routine church. Sing four songs, take up an offering, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes God needs to show up and mess us up. (laughs) Amen? He needs to show up and mess our whole system up. Sometimes I'm hoping He'll jump in our sound and just mess it all up. What are we singing next? I don't know. Let's let God lead. Amen? Amen? That's why we got to get to the point, even in our praise team, when God wants us to sing a chorus of something, let's jump in and sing it. But, but Michelle don't have it on the computer. That's all right. God's bigger than that computer. He'll, he'll work it out. There might be a time when Tim's up here leading, and I know, guys, how many times have you felt God, really, the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, but you held back and didn't do it? Something either outside of this church, inside of this church, God was leading you to do something and you didn't do it. Whether it was call a friend up, witness, whatever. Maybe sing a song, do this. At that moment when the Holy Spirit was convicting, God, listen, God wanted you to respond and call back to Him so He could manifest Himself and show up. But here's what we say a lot of times. God's not moving in my life. Quit rejecting Him. God says, man, you turned me down six times last week. I was at the door knocking. There's the kids downstairs. They're going to be getting on to me again. Last week after I got preaching, I stomped the floor pretty loud. One of them at the church comes and said, Brother George, you've got to quit stomping. Scaring my teacher to death. She said, almost give her a heart attack. I didn't scare you, did I? Brit? Look at her. She won't say nothing. Calling to me. It's not a whisper. It's a fervent, passionate prayer. I, there's been a, just a two or three times that I've really got down and cried out. Now listen, to be able to cry out to Jesus, you need to be alone. You're not going to cry out and tell Jesus your heart in front of a crowd. Amen? That's why Jesus got alone and went away from the disciples and went up on the mountain to pray all night long. He prayed for His ministry. He prayed prayed for His people. Let them get it. You ever just prayed that prayer? I pray that all the time. You preach and preach. Just let them get it. Reveal. And it's not about God saying, I'll reveal. Let them be open to revelation. Amen? 
It's not that God's still in the moving business today, church. He still speaks. He still draws. He still wants to give you direction. But we've got to be listening for revelation. And wherever, I, I love this. I preach God's truth. When I open up God's Word, I'm preaching, I'm preaching about Jeremiah. Jeremiah, thousands of years ago. I'm preaching truth out of Jeremiah 33.3. That's God's truth. That's truth. But listen, revelation, revelation is where God is. Truth a lot of time is in the past. Revelation of God is where He's at right now. And so that makes truth come alive. When, when, I, when we preach truth and we read truth and God convicts us or, or, or whatever He does, prompts us to do something and we respond, revel, it's a revelation from God. He still does that today, guys. You say, well, I thought when the Bible was completed, God... That's our problem as Baptists. That did not... We didn't kill God when we got the whole counsel of the Word. Amen? Amen. I love Baptists. Pre- well, we got the Word. We don't need... We do. But you've got to have the Word. You've got to have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to go along with it. Amen. To make it real to you. That's why God's Word's got to be real. Yes, I, listen, Jesus didn't die and go to heaven and give the Holy Spirit and not give the church nothing to fight the devil with. If, if He took everything with Him when He went to heaven, we are powerless, guys. We don't have a chance. But He give us His truth. He give us His Word. He give us gifts in the church to fight the devil. Amen. To fight the devil. Yeah, but Brother George, you know that verse in 1 Corinthians says, When that which is the perfect one to come, all the other will be done away with. That's right, my friend. When Jesus comes back, it will be done away with. When He comes back. But until then, He says, Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. Y'all give me a little bit of... Somebody do something about that. So the power is available. The truth is available. Why is not prayer being powerful in our churches no more? You'll be surprised. People that visit during the week and come in from other churches, whether they're Baptists and other ones come in, they'll say, wow, that's great. Y'all got altars in your church. Like God just created them on the 19th day or something, you know. One guy came in one time from a church and said, that's beautiful. I wish we had them in our church. And that's when we had them big old, uh, what's some big old flowers we had coming up? Them big old potted purple. They grow in the springtime everywhere. No, not poinsettias. They're purple. They're wisteria. I love that stuff. And we had, we had two big old wisteria pots right here, full of wisteria on each side. And he come in and he said, Brother George, that's beautiful. I wish we had them in our church. I said, well, I tell you where they bought them. They're, they're not real with you. They're fake. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, no, I'm not talking about the flowers. The altars. The altars. He said, you know, we hardly have anybody in our church come down and pray. We don't pray for each other. We don't carry each other's burdens. He said, sometimes we don't even give an invitation." Sometimes the preacher says, see you in the foyer. If you've got a question, come see me. He said, I wish we had that. He said, we used to growing up all the time. I said, that's the problem, my friend. 
That's why God is not powerful in the church in 2013. Because we don't take time to call to Him and say, God, this problem is bigger than I am. My marriage is bigger than me. This church and this ministry is bigger than George Vincent. Lord, show me things, hidden things, unsearchable things that I don't know about. Give me some direction. What do I need to do? Have you ever prayed like that? The reason God, we took the altars out of the church, God did not. Amen. How many of y'all agree with me? How about the ones that are asleep in the back? (laughs) Amen. And that's another thing. Let's try to stay in service till service is over. Amen. <laughs> so many Sundays I give invitation. Boy, here we are. I'll be glad he get, if he just gets close to invitation, I'm gone. <laughs> but you know what? I wasn't going to say nothing about it. You're missing the blessing, not me. I'm going to stay where Jesus is. <laughs> Amen. You say, you may not get nobody come back after that. We got to be real. This play in church and being casual, this is why the church is dying. 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 This is why there's no healing physically no more. How many of y'all believe God can still heal? He's still in the healing business. I'm not talking about a man. I'm talking about God, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rafi, my healer. Why does he have them names? Because that's who he is. Amen. That's who he is. It's his character. And so God can still heal. God can still heal marriages, Mitch. Oh, you don't know me, Brother George. I'm way too gone. There's nobody too far gone that God can't reach down and put you back up on the solid rock. The only reason you'll be too far gone is because you want to stay gone. Stay gone. God can get you wherever you're at and put you back on a solid rock and restore your marriage, restore your family. Guys, He can restore dead churches. But we've got to want God more than our traditions. And I love my grandma. Amen. But I've been, I mean, I've been in some churches preaching. Well, I really don't want to move that picture. Grandpa Johnson put that there back in 74. Well, we ain't going to build around it. We got to do something with it. Amen? I mean, we got to do something with the picture. They're dead and gone. They're rejoicing. If they're saved, they're in heaven. Amen? They could care less what we're building down here. But see, we got a lot of formalism, traditionalism, and all of this stuff killing our church, but we've left out prayer. I guarantee you, if this church would get a heart for prayer and start praying, you would see God move. You would see God move in your individual life if we just get consistent with prayer. And this goes for me. I've got to set aside a special place that I go and just pray. You, everybody in here needs to get a special place of prayer. I can remember calling out when, when Jeremiah, God invited him and said, Call unto me. Isn't it amazing that we don't call unto Him till we get in a bind? Desperate. I remember, listen, I know y'all have heard this story a thousand times, but I, it's good stuff. I learned it from Mr. Witt. 
Man, when he said, you're going to have to seek him, Brother George. You're going to have to go after him. You're going to have to call on to him. You're going to have to pray, seek him, and pray. God's not going to give you a message and anoint your message just because you studied. Pray. God's not going to bless this church just because we're Pleasant Hill. Pray. Call unto me, he says. I remember that time praying. And there wasn't nobody around. That's why I say if you're going to call unto God, you're not going to do it in a crowd. You've got to get by yourself. All throughout the Bible, many, many people called unto the Lord. Jeremiah called. David. When David committed to sin with Bathsheba, and God spoke through the prophet Nathan and said, Go tell David he sinned. I can't bless that. His son, his firstborn, will die. You say, that's a cruel God. No, it's called judgment. It's just judgment. Nathan came up to him and said, Thou art the man, David. You're the man that's committed this sin. It's on you. You know what, Nathan, you know what David did? Went into his secret place. That's why David writes about the secret place. That's why David, your secret place can be anywhere. Okay? This is not the only secret place. This isn't really a secret. This is a public place. But a secret, private place that you and God meet. Wherever that's at. David, how many of y'all ever prayed from this position? Let me get up here on stage where I can see. I can't see down here. How many, how many of y'all pray from this position the most? How many prays from this position? How many of y'all just pray? Okay. How many of y'all ever prayed from this position? You say, George, I'm not laying on the floor. David laid down prostrate and prayed. That's why we can't do it. Because we can't get enough of man to get dead enough to flesh to get down and see the real life of Jesus Christ. You know what? There, Solomon, as he prayed and dedicated the temple... Raised his hands toward heaven and dedicated it. And the Bible says that the glory of the Lord and smoke filled the temple where they couldn't even worship. He humbled himself in front of his church. It doesn't, I could preach on my knees. It don't bother me. Melvin just had to buy me some patches. Amen. <laughs> the reason God doesn't move is we can't get humble ourselves in the sight of God. And then He'll lift you up. God answers three ways, guys. Yes, no, or wait. And when you're praying biblical prayers, it's going to be yes. I don't know of a time, Christy, that I prayed and said, God, give me wisdom. And He didn't give me wisdom. Amen? When's the last time you prayed, God, give me strength. And God gave you strength. I'm not saying you pulled you out of the storm. There's a difference. He didn't take you out of the situation. He gave you strength for the situation. See, this is why you're, you're calling God don't answer my prayer because you're praying about once. I want to be out of that storm too, but God says I can't take you out of there if you're going to be the child of God. I need you to be, George. That's why I remember when Hunter was born. I was just like this inside a bathroom stall at Children's Hospital. 
Yeah, the toilet was right there. <laughs> I shut the door, and guys, if nobody was in when I came in. I guess they didn't come. If they did, I'd run them out. I don't know. But when the doctors tell you that more than likely, 97% chance your son's not ever going to breathe over 15 minutes and live, or there could be hundreds, hundreds of eye problems, asthma, blind, no hearing, just tons that he could be handicapped. I remember Margaret going to that bathroom stall, the last one against the wall. And every time I go into a stall that's against the wall, you know what comes back in my mind? Me calling out to Jesus. Every time I go in a stall that's next to the wall. But I remember sitting there and I said, God, you've got to help me. And I mean, I'm calling out just like this. I could care less what people thought. I could, wear I could care less. We don't need to get to Forget the emotional thing. I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. You need to forget about emotion and reverence and just lay down and call out to Him sometime and get it off your chest. Amen. I mean, I've been raised Baptist all my life. If we clapped, <laughs> that was an amazing feat. Amen. Amen. I was raised Baptist all my. Here's what it sounded like most of the time when people got through singing. Amen. That was it. One old brother in the back, and he's the only amen we paid. I mean, he's in the back. Amen. That was it. So people didn't come to the front and come to altars when I was a kid. What we did with one preacher, his name was Leroy Hill. <laughs> he invited people in his church to come to the altars. See, that's the problem with a lot of churches. I don't blame it on the church. I blame it on the preacher. Because you can't lead nobody where you have not been before. Mm, everybody goes, ooh, ooh. It's the truth. You cannot lead your family if you ain't been in this position with Jesus. You can't teach them how to pray. You can't teach your church how to pray. And call upon Him. And I remember calling and I said, Lord, listen, you know the doctor's reports, you know what they're saying, you know what they're saying. He's going to be handicapped, he's going to be in a wheelchair, blind the rest of his life. God, I've been in church all my life, I want you to be real for one time with me. Be real. I want to see a Daniel, a David, a Moses, a Peter. Jesus, I've, I've learned about it in vacation Bible school. I've heard God has power. Show me. Kind of like Moses, show me your glory. And as I laid there and went on and cried and cried and, and just kept calling out to Him, I could have cared less what anybody thought. And still do today, amen? When I preach, if God leads me to kneel right here, if I preach right here the rest of the day, I'll preach right here. Because I'm not here to impress. I need to lead a church body into the presence of God. Amen. Amen. You can't get many preachers to do this while they're preaching, Levi. Might get their suit all dirty. But you know what? You've got to get real with your church. I go through struggles just like you do. 
The devil tempts me just like he does. You say, well, Brother George, he don't do that. You preach every Sunday. I know my halo's up there, but I tried to cover it up today. But I, the devil attacks me every week just like he does your family. Sometimes, multiple times. The devil always comes at me and says, you're not leading that church right. You're going the wrong. There's nobody responding. I don't know why you preach. I don't know why you sweat every Sunday and holler and scream. They're not listening. They're leaving four churches over. They don't care. And sometimes, you know what? It makes you want to give up. But I have to go right back to this position and say, Jesus, devil, get from me. Get away from me, devil. I know this isn't real. You're trying to put fear and doubt. And if it's fear and doubt, it's not of God. He doesn't give a spirit of fear, but a love, peace, and what? A sound mind. That's what God gives us this morning, guys. I got to quit. It's already 1225. I'm the longest preacher on 70, I guarantee you. Amen. But listen, I'm not going to stop preaching on this prayer. I'm going to preach another one. We've got to stay on this prayer thing. Amen. And we've got to be, quit being embarrassed to pray in this church. Amen. Amen? Quit being embarrassed to pray. And let me, let me tell you this. Well, I just wasn't brought... Here's the biggest thing why people don't go deeper with God. I just wasn't brought up... I wasn't either. <laughs> I wasn't brought up to go after God like that. But if you go back and read every man and woman that was greatly used in the Bible, they went after God. Hey guys, listen to this. When they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant with Joshua, Moses done died and went to heaven. Joshua is now leading Israelites across the Jordan River. God says, get the priest, get the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. When their feet hit the water, I'm going to split the Jordan River. Soon as the priest's feet stepped in, then it split. That's our problem. God won't move until we step out sometimes. And then He'll split things wide open in your life. He'll reveal to you the hidden things and mighty things that you had no idea about. Lord, I didn't know that was in front of me. Boy, if I knew, if I really know God was going to be have me where I'm at today, man, I'd have been praying and calling out to Him. Of course, the devil knows that. That's why he hinders us. That's why he hinders us. But not only when they stepped into the river and it split. You know what Joshua said? When the priests step in and you see the Ark of the Covenant, here's what he said. Go after it. Go after that Ark. Follow it. You may come in this morning having burdens. There may be something that's continually attacking you. It's going to take more than a bulletin prayer to overcome it. Because see, when God said, Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things, that mighty means like being a city that's being fortified. That's had walls built around it. And see, the only way God can move is He's got to break down some walls that I've built up, that people has made me build up, Amen? Because once you get burnt once, you're going to be a wall builder. Preachers do it. They build walls. I've always been a preacher that some preachers, now some preachers are going to say, 
I will always make sure there's a gap between the pulpit and the pews. And not just on Sundays. I'm talking about they will never get close to their people. There'll always be a gap there. Have you ever known some preachers like that? I mean, no matter how great a guy he is, you just don't... I mean, he just never... I mean, if you don't get to talk to me, it's because you didn't come up and ask. <laughs> Amen? Because I'm a talker. I mean, I'll talk hunting, I'll talk fishing, I'll talk Jesus, I'll talk... Whatever you, we'll talk it. But there can't be a gap in the church. And there definitely can't be a gap between the pews and the presence of God. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know when's the last time you brought what you're going through right now, brought it to Jesus Christ and give it to Him in prayer. When's the last time? God wants to do great and mighty things in our church. I can just sense God wanting us to go deeper. And I'm not talking about going deeper and building stuff. I'm talking about deeper spiritually. About being a praying church. Man, I don't care when people walk in here to visit at Sunday school and they see 50 people spread out praying over row over row. What are they doing? They're praying. They need to see us praying. How much do you care about your relationship? How much do you care about your church? How much do you care about your family? You know what the telltale sign is? Prayer. Prayer. Let's all stand quietly. Heavenly Father, Lord, your disciples, when they followed you, Jesus, they didn't ask, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't ask, teach us to teach. Lord, their main concern was, Heavenly Father, Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, teach Pleasant Hill. Starting today, Lord, put it in our hearts. Convict each heart that's in here this morning about prayer. But teach us, Lord, how to be a praying church. Because, Lord, when we're a praying church, we'll be a praying family. And when we're a praying family, we'll be a praying individual. And when we're praying individual, always our family, our church will, cannot help but be stronger. And Lord, it takes work to pray. It takes determination. There's so many things out there that distract us. If you're like me, just about time I set aside, Lord, I'm going to pray to you tonight. Something comes up, a kid gets sick, or something happens, TV show comes on, I lose that slotted time that I had set aside with Jesus Christ. And then I wonder why He's not moving in my heart. And in my marriage and with my kids and in my church, we've got to take time to pray, to call to Him. Sometimes you need to call to Him. Lord, take the embarrassment away from our church to pray. Take the pride away. And help us show us how to pray. Lord, we'll give you all the praise this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come right where you're at. If you have a burden this morning, maybe you want to come and, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. Won't you come and accept Him? Maybe you want to join this church. Maybe you want to be baptized. Maybe you want to pray and say, Jesus, I want to rededicate my walk. I've gotten away from prayer. I've got away from church. I've got away from reading my Bible. I've got away from relationship.